0: Today we are reading from Exodus 17, 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirst there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, go ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be there standing in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and the water will come out of it so the people may drink. Moses did so in sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Let us hear what the Holy Spirit leads us to today.
1: Thanks be to God. It's so good to be back with you all here in this sanctuary. And for those of you that are online, uh, three weeks is a long time. (laughs) And um, I learned a lot, but that's for another sermon, not for this morning. Because this morning's sermon is going to lead us into this text and one more as well as we hear from the Gospel of John. It has been... Quite a week, hasn't it? For those of you that were in this sanctuary, one week ago today we commissioned two mission teams that we thought one would be in Clendendendon, West Virginia, our high schoolers, and one would be in Memphis, Tennessee, our middle schoolers. Who would have thought that we would have to cancel those mission trips? I mean, this is just one week ago, just one week ago today. Who would have ever thought, faith? that we would tell our greeters not to come. Can you just imagine? I mean, isn't that like our identity as a church, that we welcome people and we want them to be here and we want to extend to them our warmest handshake, maybe even a hug, and to say, we want to connect with you with with love, which is one of our core values, that we would ever say to a greeter, please don't come. I mean, that's, that's unthinkable. And so I just want to be able to say that sometimes life completely changes in a week. In fact, it has for me. Last Sunday, literally, uh, my daughter Elizabeth was home for the weekend, and she said, do you want me to FaceTime you in for worship? And do you know what I said? No. Because I felt so bad. I was in bed. There's no way I could have stood before you and proclaimed a word for even five minutes, let alone... 20-ish, we'll see, we'll see how long I can go today. <clears throat> but I just, I want for us to begin this morning by acknowledging that sometimes life surprises us, and, and it really doesn't have anything to do with anything that we have done or not done, it's just life changes. So I want you to listen carefully uh, with that in mind as we listen to the text speak to us today. When you heard the scripture, did you imagine this people out in the wilderness? Did you imagine them afraid? Did you imagine that they were on the edge of mutiny? Did you, did you hear that part of the scripture? They were, they were on the edge of being out of control because when they looked around, they saw that their reality was stacked against them. When folks faced the impossible, which for them would have been being caught in the desert with no water. Okay? Okay. I mean, just, you know how that feels? Like, oh no, right? But anytime we face the impossible, we tend to get a little restless. We also tend to blame the messenger. (laughs) Right? We tend to test God. Because that's who we are. That's what we do. That's sort of our go-to. So this text, which is prescribed for us today by the lectionary, asks us to enter it fully not just to hear what the words are saying, but to live into this text and to imagine what it feels like to this people because the truth that was true for them is also true for us today. Amen? Amen. This morning we're going to journey with the Israelites in the wilderness. And we will, like them, we remember where we came from And we know we can never return to that place. They came from Egypt. It wasn't necessarily a place they wanted to go back to, but at least it was known. Okay. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what's in front of them. They don't know when they're going to get there. They don't even know if they will be alive. So the fact that they at least had familiarity back in Egypt means that, of course, they want to go back to what they know. But friends, we will probably never go back to the reality that our world was seven days ago. Likely, it will return to some semblance of normal. But what we have experienced as a culture, as families, as communities, it will never go back to that. So we, in a way, we are like them. We are wandering around in a wilderness That looks new to us. And we have come to this short way station to camp at Rephidim. Otherwise known as we're not dead yet, but it doesn't look good. Okay? That's the place where they find themselves. And they are thirsty. They have been journeying in the desert. They've come to camp at Rephidim. And they are thirsty. And when they look around, do you know what they see? Rocks. Or the seemingly empty advice of wash your hands and stay six feet apart? Really? I mean, if that's supposed to make you feel better. <laughs> you know, they're, they're looking at rocks while they're thirsty. And we're looking at what feels like empty advice. And we say the same kind of thing. Really, Moses? Really? That's the best you've got. Are you there yet with them, church? Can you feel? Can you feel what it's like to be in this time of camping at Rephidim, no water, all they see is rocks, and can you feel how absolutely absurd God's advice to Moses is in this particular situation? God says to Moses, go ahead, Moses, take your leaders and go out ahead of the complainers. I translated that just a touch on my own. Go ahead, Moses, take your leaders and go out ahead of the complainers and strike the rock. Water's going to come out of it. That's what God says to Moses. I don't know about you, but that seems highly unlikely according to my most recent experience with rocks. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. So here's the gift of the wilderness. Don't miss it. Out here in the wilderness, everything is new. It's not familiar. Can water come out of rocks? I don't know. Maybe. Right? Because it's the wilderness. We've never been here before. We don't know what to expect. Right? Maybe. Maybe water can come from rocks. Huh. Pay attention to the text if you're following along. And notice that there's this very important reminder in the text because God tells Moses, he says, Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. Hmm. That would have sounded very familiar to them. And if you're looking in your Bibles, you might flip back over a few chapters to Exodus chapter seven. And you'll read about the very first plague that was brought upon because Pharaoh hardened his heart. Remember? And 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 the and the water of the Nile turned to does anybody remember blood which meant that that the source of life for that community the river Nile now was a source of death and if you look in exodus chapter 7 what you're going to discover is do you know what made the water turn to blood the staff Moses staff now out here in the wilderness God asks Moses to strike the rock and bring forth water with that staff. Isn't that an interesting contrast? Friends, in the wilderness, anything is possible. And you have to know that in the wilderness, there may only be a few lampposts. You may not get a whole lot of guidance But the important reminders from your past of God's faithfulness cannot be forgotten. And so God offers that word of reminder. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. Remember that I was faithful then and I will be faithful now. Maybe, just maybe, God could do it again. Now notice in the text, they kind of go back and forth a little bit, and then they ask this very important and even painful question. And the question is, is the Lord among us or not? They're trying to figure it out, out in the wilderness. Don't you want to know? You want to know for sure, and they don't know for sure. So they asked this question, is the Lord among us or not? It's the question we all brought with us this morning. Even those of you that are joining online, right? This is our question. Is the Lord among us or not? Here at Rephidim, where water is going to come forth from rocks. Well, here it would be important for us to give our attention to the gospel lesson for today from John chapter 4. Pastor Heather's going to read that for us. John 4, 5 through
0: 15. So we came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus. "'tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well, "'and it was about noon. "'A Samaritan woman came to draw water, "'and Jesus said to her, "'Give me a drink.'" You see, his disciples had gone to the city to buy some food. "'And the Samaritan woman said to him, "'How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, "'a woman of Samaria?' Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water.
1: So 2,000 years after Jacob opened this well, the great ancestor Jacob, whose name was changed if you remember to Israel. That's right? Jesus comes thirsty to this place that has watered God's people since the great ancestor opened it, Jacob's well. And you have to wonder if Jesus comes with the same question Is the Lord among us or not? Right? Because for a Jewish man to ask a Samaritan woman for a drink is about like striking a rock and thinking it will pour forth water. I mean, it just, it doesn't happen. But this time, Jesus knows the answer, so listen carefully to the text. He says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, right? But those who drink of the water that I will give, people wandering around in the wilderness camped at Rephidim, looking around and all you see are rocks, the water that I will give, will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. So here is the question for us today, friends. Is the Lord among us or not? The answer to that question on this day, in this wilderness, as the noonday sun beats down upon our heads, is yes. Right? Yes. Yes, the Lord is among us. Yes, the Lord is among us as we flounder and fuss and worry about things we can't control. Yes, the Lord is among us as we wander through this wilderness. Yes, the Lord is among us in our thirst. In our thirst. Don't miss the truth of the scripture this morning because we're going to need it in the days ahead. The Lord is among us in our thirst. The Lord's going to show out in our need. It is likely that some of us that are gathered here today in this sanctuary or those of you who are watching online are going to become ill and face need. It is likely that further measures of isolation will be imposed either of our own choice or choices that are made for us. It is likely that decisions will have to be made where the options are terrible versus more terrible. It is likely that those on the front lines of health care will be asked to sacrifice in ways they never imagined when they got into their fields. It is likely that people will face job loss for any variety of reasons that could have never been anticipated, even just seven days ago. And I'm not telling you anything you haven't at least thought about, if not voiced, either online or out loud to each other, right? And this morning, I remember saying to myself, to God, to my team, I will tell the truth. If I'm going to stand before you on this day, And proclaim to you from the text, I will tell you the truth, and that's the truth. We all know that's the truth. But here is the truth you must not miss. Amidst all you will try to comprehend and respond to in the coming seven days, the Lord is among us in our thirst. Interesting, don't you think? When we look around and all we see are rocks, listen carefully. Because the instruction might come to us as well. And you know what that instruction sounds like? Strike the rock. Believe. Have faith. Remember the staff which you hold in your hand with which you struck the Nile. That very staff might bring forth water in places you never imagined. There is water. Living water in places you have not yet tapped. Do you think that God is going to provide an opportunity for the church, the gathered faithful, even when we have to gather online, to be a presence for our community, for our family, for our world, in ways we could have never imagined? Do you know what an opportunity that is? It is beautiful, if we will allow it. My belief is that God's going to use us, church, in ways that will meet the thirst. The thirst of illness, the thirst of need, and really the thirst of isolation. Because we don't do very well when we don't connect with one another. God's going to show up. God will. Because God always shows up when we are thirsty. Amen.